From the Moon Lake State Forest Recreation Area to the Lackawanna State Park, it's Nepotism. Episode 4, my guest, a cultural icon in the Scranton area, and a guy who walks it like he talks it. And let me tell you, he can talk it, Mr. Rob Letiri. So uh, we're here with Rob Letiri, who I'm going to call, uh, you know, I, I, I thought of a vagabond, but he's not a vagabond, but he's certainly like a, a cultural kind of, you're a cultural guy. And what I mean by that is you care about culture. Uh, photographer, cyclist, all around nice guy. Rob, how are you, man? Doing great. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate you coming out and doing this because I'm, I'm sure, have you been on any podcasts in the past? Um, I've been on what I'll call um, sort of cast. Yeah. People starting podcasts, starting things up, all, you know, just different <laughs> iterations of yeah what's coming up and it's been happening a lot with people it has have you ever thought of doing that on your own um a friend of mine uh came up to my we sat up in my what we call the situation room and we (laughs) we were so overwhelmed by the technology that um we we did not have this that i saw one of those names in there on there but anyway we couldn't balance the sound and he, it was all of his equipment and I just was, you know, you're just hanging going through the flow and yeah. hoping to see what happened. Well, you know, I mean like the, the equipment has gotten so easy and, and I got a lot of this for being on the radio. Cause when the shutdown happened, I needed to have a mixer and all that, but then I'm like, Oh my gosh, it'll do all this too. And, and it's really cool. Um, but I, I mean, I've had this idea of doing this nepotism podcast for like four or five years. Okay. Uh, and then I just got off my lazy ass about uh, three or four weeks ago and started contacting <laughs> people I thought would be fun to talk to. So hopefully I'm right and that you're not bored by this conversation. So, uh, But let's start off with uh, where you came from. You're a Northeast PA guy, true and true, right? You grew well, up here. Well, born and raised, Scranton, Green Ridge, uh, which really means nothing as far as the neighborhoods. We just kind of joke and call it on the ridge. Right. Um, and uh, I guess... You know, went away to high school in New Jersey, came back, went to Ithaca College, started my business soon after that. Um, kind of got started by photographing bicycle racing, okay. and then it morphed into people asking about weddings, and I said, absolutely not. And then <laughs> here we are over a thousand weddings later. Why did and, you want to do wedding? Um, because I just had this vision of, you know, all these people standing around and all these sort of awkward poses, yeah. and, and it just didn't That's seem appealing to me. So. Uh, kind of got into, you know, ma- making the stories out of it. And mm-hmm. that was sort of, you know, you throw in the the things people want, but then you also tell the real story. Right. And then and that, that's so put together. Do you take more shots than the average wedding photographer? Um, back then, maybe, yes. Yeah. I would say now, who knows, mm-hmm. it, you know, because people are just holding down the shutters. But it's just, yeah. I always like to think you're responsible for everything within the in the frame. But again... Now technology has made it where the sky's the limit. Okay, you know, so it, I, I'm actually in the midst of a, I'll call it a course, mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm a beginner again, which is great because everything's new yeah. and it's fresh and it's um, it literally feels like I started last week and, in a good way. And that's a good thing. Yeah. You, sometimes you get those challenges and get lit up, and you're like, oh my gosh, this yeah. is so no, new the, to me. The, the pandemic, uh, as if there's a silver lining, yeah. I I reassessed everything. Uh, came and I'm just kind of like starting fresh and looking at everything with a different perspective. I want to go back because you glossed over cycling and bikes and all that kind of stuff. Um, did you race bikes? Were I you did, like yeah. really, really, really good? Yeah, my brother good? and I got into it. Um, we became state champions and state medalists. And then he went on to, we started in the national level. Right. Uh, the farthest I ever made it was a couple of bronze medals. He was, became national champion. 
um, early on and then eight times later. And then he ultimately went on to the Olympics. And then I veered off into the photographing bicycle racing. How did that happen? Uh, My father had these cameras that looked cool and he never used them. And I said, well, can I use them? And he said, sure, knock yourself out. And so before I knew what I was doing, I was fast with a camera. And then it just, you know, photographed when we were junior racers we photographed all the senior and okay. pro riders so when you say fast with a camera what does that mean just um being able to operate everything okay. quickly focus whatever and this is before autofocus right for all that stuff so you're framing up the scene i mean again anybody that gets in photography now it's yeah. like a cakewalk you know you're just like hey <laughs> i mean is that does it take anything away do you think having all these tools to make it so much easier no, is I just think it, different no i think it makes it better because yeah. it's just more tools in your toolbox mm-hmm. and um so if you can again it's like a, a drone is a great example it yeah. doesn't mean it looks good just because it's from the air okay so so in other words uh, just because you have a great camera yeah. doesn't matter. I mean, you can make a cool picture with an. I mean, iPhones are as good a camera as you can get. Yeah. I mean, in a lot of ways. Sure. But it's not capable of doing certain things that mm-hmm. you know happen to be certain things in weddings. And so a lot of what's happening coincidentally, not because people have iPhones, but we use a lot of lighting now mm-hmm. that's wireless, and we create three dimensional scenes. Mm-hmm that are impossible to create on the iPhone right. with just the iPhone. And to your point about, uh, you know, it's, it does the technology doesn't make you better or worse or whatever. Um, one of the things I've noticed, uh, you know, I've got a great iPhone 12 Pro, blah, 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 blah. I can't take a picture to save my life, dude. Uh, I mean, you know, and, and not that I want to be a photographer, but i got to take certain pictures for, for work sure. or social media. Yep, I can... And I look at some of my pictures, I'm like, man, I suck at this. <laughs> Well, in five minutes, I can show you a couple tricks yeah. and it'll change your view of it. All right, we'll do yeah. that afterwards, yep. man. So you you start taking pictures of racing, and were you like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna start sending these into like Velo News? And Absolutely, that kind of thing? yeah. So the yeah. mag the publication back then called Velo News, and then I mean the the exhilaration of getting your first photo published mm-hmm. and seeing your name, you know, that went away a couple of years after that. But it just it was so cool in the beginning. You know, there was Winning Magazine yeah. and the Color Side, and then there was. Velo News was black and white. I forgot Velo News was black and yes, white back in the day. Yes, yeah. and then um, and then flash to the next scene where all of a sudden there's all kinds of races going on. After that, I, I ended up going to the Olympics when my brother did, and I had contracts with companies, so I was able to um, uh, kind of dovetail that into that trip. Right, and so even though it was cool to see him there, and our mm-hmm. family went, and everybody went, uh, it was also uh, started off really that kicked off the commercial side of photography for me then you still do things like that or absolutely is it wedding? Okay. um not so much um bike racing yeah um because it's just the the weddings and all of that consumed everything sure and that's kind of i i would say for many years there i got on autopilot just churning out i mean just so much was going on mm-hmm. and now it's it's nice to take that pandemic breather and then restart and everything feels fresh and it just i've actually never Felt more excited about photography than recently. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, so, and you've been doing it how many years? Uh, thirty some years to get that yeah. kind of reinvigoration. Yeah, again, no, it's, it's a blessing. It's, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. It, so it, the pandemic obviously shut so much down. Were you freaking out at first? Um, at first, well, nobody knew what was going on yeah. or what to expect. So I just kind of rolled with the flow. Actually, embraced the vacation aspect mm-hmm. of it. And then some friends from California called and said would you be willing to go to the desert in Utah? And I, without, they finally got the last syllable out. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, as soon as they started talking, you're like, yes. Right, yes, yes. yes. 
<laughs> and you've got, and this is kind of where I was talking about you being a vagabond. Uh, you've seen a, a ton of the country and of the world, right? Yeah, I mean, I've been fortunate. Where in college, I did a semester at sea program, which is still going on. I think they canceled a couple of the last yeah. semesters, but that's going to start back up again, ironically, on a ship. Mm-hmm. So you basically go around the world on a floating college campus. Wow. Imagine that. <laughs> all so, I can think of is all the trouble. Yeah, well, it's, <laughs> some of it's true. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> were there like were there calls, uh, pensive calls to your parents with people concerned about your well-being? Um, uh, not really. Uh, um, in fact, back then, there's no internet, true, there's yeah. no texting, there's no emails even, yeah. so it was all uh, writing letters. Right, right. And um, uh, pretty cool on the trip itself, um, they had guest lecturers and people that traveled from different ports, and one of them was was Arthur C. Clarke, who wrote uh, Two Thousand One. Right, and um, it was just a trip being wow. with him, and just I was actually on an exercise bike there, going around the Straits of Malacca and Singapore, and he's pointing to the satellites. I guess he had a lot to do with in the late forties the development of satellite oh, I transmissions. And I didn't know wow. that either. And he was explaining it. And that guy is on a diff- was yeah. on a different plane of existence in a, in a cool way. Yeah, yeah. And what yeah. an amazing uh, book and, and later an amazing movie, you know? Yep, yeah. Wow. So, so, it's just so you get to meet to, everybody. Yeah, I mean, it's just like one of those things, didn't expect it, and there it is. And my grandfather would say things like, you have to expose yourself, you know? You got to get in there. Yeah. And so he's right, you know, just every time when you when you put yourself in the position, more stuff happens. You know, my, my dad just say, nothing's going to come to you. You got to go get it. Yeah, you got to buy the ticket. Yeah, and, and I think that makes perfect sense, <laughs> you know? Um, so let's talk, because I kind of got on this diversion of sure. you knowing all these cool or meeting all these cool people. Um, Mount Rushmore it for me. Four coolest people you ever met in your life. Wow. Celebrities or whatever. Wow. Okay. Um, well, uh, we mentioned on the way in, and I'll, I'll just bring it up. Uh, I'm not really a celebrity person. I mean, I just think of people as like, you know, they're real people. And sure. if they are real, that's cool. Um, But I, I I was able to go cycling and met Cheryl Crow, and I thought she was a, I just, you know, I sort of, I heard all of her music, but sure. I didn't really turn it on and listen to it. Okay. Um, but at the same time, she was as real and cool, and that changed my view. You know, I didn't yeah. really have a view, but she just was kind of opened it up. She was she was more than normal, and yeah. she was she was, you know, became got to know my brother and his family in Santa Barbara, and then mm-hmm. just kind of knew his kids' names. And you know, they have some interesting names, so it's hard to forget them. <laughs> so she's on Mount Rushmore, <laughs> right? So uh, well, <laughs> uh, well, I would say Arthur C. Clarke for yeah, sure, because I was that's say that somebody, has to be. Yeah, so you know. It's somebody you you see those movies when you're growing up, but then all of a sudden you meet the person that was sort of the impetus to make it happen. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, Jeff Bridges, I ended up by mistake in a room with him one time. Uh, 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 kind of just, uh, he was waiting for an interview with my friend and he yeah. said, well, can you do some pictures of us? And we were there and then something was delayed and we ended up hanging out for an hour. Wow. And um, he was... Super cool, yeah. just like as normal, you know, and uh, no pretense, none of that. No, and he yeah. and he turns out he's really into photography. He actually looked into his work, and he's a he's an excellent photographer. Mm. Um, so there was there was that in common, and he just was so modest, you know, and yeah. and that's the people that are are the most accomplished. I've noticed are the most modest. I've yeah. seen, you know, not maybe not always the case, but general. It's kind of cool when when they are, yeah. you know, and and um. I, I would say my mom is up there on the. There you go. Put my mom over for. Come on, man. Why not? You know, I've no, never I mean, met your mother. Was she so cool? level? Yeah, she's she's lives right down the street, and she's um, ah. uh, you know, 
keeps the keeps the ship moving yeah. level level steered you know but just you know real and and uh keeps the fun going and doesn't take things too seriously and that's awesome and has a nice you know overall outlook and that's mm-hmm. i think i learned a lot from that i was gonna say years. it seems to be describing your own vibe that's always the vibe yeah. i get from you it's like, you're like okay we're having fun we're having a good time and and again that you're open to a lot of stuff yeah and you got to kind of roll with the flow but yeah. but then um gosh I, I haven't really thought about the different different people um uh, well, my friend Todd Lavelle, a uh, guy we grew up with from mm-hmm. kindergarten on, he he is uh, uh, just produces stories yeah. and things about real life. He, he got a, a Fulbright scholarship and went to Thailand in the eighties, wow. and he never moved back. So ah! he is he is has been um, told been told to be a rock star in Thailand. Okay. So, so, but not because of that, but just like the things that he has produced, yeah. and then it it ties it back in with our local existence, and and you know just from being from different sides of the tracks, and mm-hmm. his in his opinion, you know, growing up, and then after the Olympic Games back in '88, we were able to connect with my parents went before me to visit Thailand, and yeah. then we all just got together, and and it just became a, a lifelong friendship that kind of emerged more and 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 uh evolved from there how many good friends would you say you have good oh gosh i mean there's that's, tough. I that, that's a tough one i mean less than 10 yeah you know because and, and that's anybody that has even one is is <laughs> doing lucky. great yeah but less than 10 i think is a good answer because if you start saying like 25 i'm thinking to myself well then he doesn't know what a good friend is <laughs> right. you, you know what i mean right i mean I, I have a lot of friends but i have maybe five or six yeah yeah really really good yeah. friends yeah, yep. uh, one of which is a mutual acquaintance of ours, and that's Mike Straw. Awesome, yep. yeah, great guy. Uh, and uh, Mike, of course, got into photography. I blame you for it, uh, but I don't know <laughs> if that's true. Uh, but he well, still does it. And well, loves well, it. Uh, funny story. Uh, and I, this is after forty-six countries and all these other, even up till now. Yeah. Um, I had this wedding in Ohio, and he and I drove out there, and to this day, that is one of the funniest trips ever. Riding back across the state of Pennsylvania on Route Six, it it is you can't make up the stuff that the just the stuff we saw in one day. Yeah, we were laughing from state line to state line. That's awesome. It was, it was hysterical. If anybody doesn't know Mike Straub, look him up, MichaelStraubPhotography.com. I'm telling you, you can't be with him for five minutes and not laugh. It's just one of the reasons I love him so much. Uh, you can be having the worst day of your life and he's going to make a smile, uh, which I think is a great skill. You know, yep. and, and I, and I, I love the fact that 90% of the time when I see you, you're either, uh, smiling or if you're not, you're, you're just riding your bike and I, uh, you're not smiling cause you're, maybe you're, you're working real hard. Although most of the time you look like you're doing it very easily. And I kind of hate that about it. <laughs> you had mentioned Strava privately before we started, uh, doing this and Strava is a, a way for runners, bikes to kind of keep track of what they're doing yeah, and all that it, stuff. Anybody in motion, it's just a way to measure all of your things with yeah. certain metrics. There is a social component to it, but um there there's a thing where called beacon where you can actually be told you know show where you are if you wanted to show up somewhere or be on a ride as an emergency thing but then recently they added routes and so it sounds trivial but uh you know i usually try not to be that distracted by technology but just the other day we punched in a route and it connected all these roads you would never find it would take you years and years to find them right and you'd be too tired out on the roads to go find them unless you're on a motorcycle or something. But mm-hmm. just, yeah, I, we were, I went on a road the other day that a bunch of roads that made me feel like I'm in a new, like I, I went on an absolutely new ride right. from here that was a 30 mile loop through Moscow and 
past St. Catharines and up around that way, a, a road called Buena Vista. Never heard of it. Yeah. Never saw yeah, it. Never it sounds like it. a Disney thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but I, I brought up Strava because uh, one of the things that Strava does, I think they still do it, is segments. Yes. Little segments. Yep. And uh, a couple of years ago, there was a 10-mile time trial segment um, by Lake Scranton, out Elmhurst Correct. Boulevard and it, all that yep, stuff. Yep, it's all right-hand turns. So you, right. don't have, you could do it yourself, and it starts from the overlook there on um, Elmhurst Boulevard. And, and I saw you did it, and I'm like, I'm going to go do that ride just to see how I compare to Rob. Right, well, well, here's the thing. <laughs> I, I used to think, how could somebody not break 30 minutes on that loop? And then yeah. the last time I did it in 38 minutes, and I was like, oh, man. I, and I just remember when people were doing it, and they're like, I broke 30 minutes. Yeah. And now, you know, I go riding with these guys who are 24 or whatever, mm-hmm. and, and I'm on my e-bike, yeah. e-assist, or electric assist. And so we've come up with a new mode of training, which is totally legit, sure. motor pacing, where um, we'll use that strip of road there, Elmer's Boulevard, yeah. and we do from tall trees up, we do these five-minute, and this guy, will I'll have a monitor on my bike. It sounds technical because yeah. it is, but we'll measure his watts of power output Ooh. against his heart rate, and then speed means nothing, right. but it's it just all shown there, and then he's produced these small little videos that show this whole thing together, but but more importantly, it... it, it um, makes like a training session like where you can in this case we did five intervals Mm -hmm. and then we'll you know simulate racing speeds and then they have to they can tell as they get stronger and stronger and so they can tell by these metrics how you're going to do in certain things that's pretty cool and do you still consider yourself a fast cyclist absolutely not see now i I consider you a fast yeah so no if i went on a regular road ride i would be in the dust in two seconds um it's just gravity takes over sure. like morgan highway you know that's a great measure of overall fitness mm-hmm. um and you know in contrast my brother still rides fourteen thousand miles a year okay. and i maybe do two thousand yeah <laughs> and you know it's funny like i'm in that two thousand range and i'm like i i just thank my yeah. lucky stars i could still get out and do absolutely. it absolutely else and no cycling should be a lifelong sport it's actually in believe it or not scranton in the whole northeast of pa is spectacular as far as riding goes because you have varied terrain it is hilly but that's what gets you fit yeah and you know what and if you want to avoid the hills here and there you can find a flat ride yeah and now all the trails are starting to open up the lackawanna river heritage trail and which is beautiful they've done amazing amazing jobs and and just that brings you know scranton is evolving more and more and more and i i just think now even the pandemic forced people to rethink their where they live and what Mm -hmm. they're doing and and i think a lot of people are realizing how well they have it here compared to all these big cities where it's it became useless to be in a place like New York or whatever and that's you know one of my favorite cities yeah, in the world it's just, yeah. it's just it's just all of a sudden it was like you couldn't do anything right so you know you might as well be somewhere else where at least here you can go out your door and you can be in the countryside in 10 minutes and and uh, life is good you are a uh, a champion of northeast pa in a lot of ways yeah i mean i if I didn't like it, I would have moved a long time ago. <laughs> I was just going to say, you can live wherever the hell you want, right? <laughs> well, I mean, any in theory, anybody yeah. could. You just go yeah. make it, and, and you just, uh, you know, again, I just... So what, was, what do you love about Northeast PA? I, I like I the, well, the people, you, you get characters here, which <laughs> yeah. are definitely more, more pronounced than most places. <laughs> and not just because I'm from here, but... Um, my friends come and visit from other places and they're just like, man, there's some characters, <laughs> you know, and you get the different nicknames yeah. and all the, you know, everybody's got a nickname and this and that. And, and it just ends up being just comedy the whole time. <laughs> um, but yeah, and they, and then 
there's when people visit Scranton, I think they're surprised by what's here because yeah. they don't they don't have high expectations. Sure. And then they're just like, wow, you know. And now, of course, we have, you know, there's three or four or five new cafes. There's mm-hmm. places to hang out. There's um, parks are evolving. Everything is just, you know. I say, if you get a bike and a good thermos mug, you can go hang out on a bridge and be <laughs> like by the waterfalls in ten minutes, and yep. you know, it's like a country club without the without the fees. <laughs> now let's not be moaning country club. Well, I like well, the golf know, too. Well, <laughs> I'm not good at that either. I'm not a good cyclist. I'm not a good golfer. I just go out and do these things. But to me, it's fun, and that's what it's all about, you know? Um, besides uh, besides biking, uh, are, are there any other, like, activities that you like to do besides biking? Well, work? I mean, I've been a lifelong skier. Yeah. Um, uh, this was the first year that I did not ski. Um, what, you didn't get out? Yeah, just who knows. I just kind of... It felt like, you know, because part of skiing is the opera ski factor, and that, that didn't exist. True. So I guess maybe that was the... Yeah. The holdback. Okay. Um, but, you know, uh, really music is is my overall, like, I think, thing that I appreciate the most. And, mm-hmm. and so uh, I've had an event in my studio that's been going on by mistake for the last 20 years. This is the actual 20th anniversary oh. this month of Tuesdays on the Ridge. Which I was hoping we'd get to, <laughs> and I'm glad we have. <laughs> Segway, 20 years. 20 years. Yep. Wow. Yep. I've never been there once in my life. Well, it's, um, again, uh, <laughs> people that have shown up have been like, I can't believe I missed it, right? You know, and it's always different. Yeah. It's never the same. And the theme is live original music. Okay. It, or, but it could be anything. Could yeah. be could be poetry. Could be a short play. Could be anything that you want to present to people. You could try something out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't advertise it anywhere. I don't promote it in right. any way, shape, or form. I don't even have a Facebook group or any of that stuff. I just have a one email list. I send it out. I've never taken anybody off the list. People are like, I didn't get the mailing. I'm like, check your email. Yeah, it's, it's in, in your somewhere. somewhere, somewhere. You're <laughs> and I don't even, I, I, I'm not sure how I've heard of it. Uh, probably just through some mutual friends or yeah. whatever like that. Yeah, I mean, some, some musicians played there for their first time ever in yeah. front of people. Um, others, like, like one time there was, uh, um, the group, the Saw Doctors, was was playing at the Scranton Cultural Center. There, okay. I think they're an Irish-based uh, uh, group. Right. If you look them up, they 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 have their accomplished. I'd never heard of them before this, and they knew somebody that used to be one of the newscasters in Scranton. Mm-hmm. And she said, "Whatever you do, if you're there on a Tuesday, <laughs> do this. I'll like go check and see." So she called me and said, "Are you happening to have it this night? Because it's usually one random Tuesday a month." Right. I said, "Actually, it is tonight." I said, "Well." These Hold guys on. are showing up at your place. <laughs> so sure enough, there's two guys that kind of walk in and I don't recognize them. But, you know, that's not uncommon. Right. And next thing you know, it's like two in the morning and these guys are rocking out everybody right there. And the one guy's on a cajon and they're playing. And like <laughs> all of a sudden I'm thinking, how are they, you know, getting out of here? Yeah. The tour bus shows up out front. I mean, you just can't make up the stuff that that happens um the, my my closest thing and, and mike straw was part of this yeah um uh Wynton marsalis was down at the at the uh cultural center okay and i said it jokingly i said you know i'm gonna go down and you know what's the worst thing that can happen i'm gonna invite him back and the sure. worst thing that can happen he doesn't come and right. i said mike can you kind of hold down the fort here and uh you know and we're down there and we're backstage and we're with him mm-hmm. and i just you know my friend said to him hey could you give any advice to my my boy he's you know heavily into music and yeah. he just said practice 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 you know like it, and and mm-hmm. and so we're just talking he's like super charismatic and engaging person and sure. so 
um, I said, look, I said, we have this event. It happens to be going on tonight. Don't know if you're staying in town. He's like, he goes, I live for this. Let's yeah. go. He's like, let's, let's go. Come on. So he's like, we're, I'm in. And then his, uh, the, the tour manager said, he goes, we're actually going to Philly tonight. Uh, and he's like, we never travel the night of the show. And that we're ch- traveling tonight. He goes, I can't believe it. He goes, this is, he goes, that's the stuff I live for. Uh, now and you imagine, know he comes back. Imagine walking in like this. That would have oh. been the, you know, just a cool, because all of his accomplishments. and I, I'll be honest. I'm a little freaked out that people just walk into your house and you don't know who they are half the time. Well, they have an association somehow yeah. with somebody. And usually the common denominator would be music even still yeah i'd be freaked out I mean, about that in my house yeah it's just uh <laughs> again i'm not gonna lie i was a little freaked out about having you come over to do this here i told my wife she's like well, i'm here, here i'm like yeah <laughs> and, we're gonna and, do it here and now i'm in the basement now you're in the basement which is not as glamorous <laughs> as it sounds and it don't sound that glamorous but you do have a fireplace we do have a little fireplace yeah. which i probably should and turn off i feel a little hot no, it's, it's yeah. nice ambiance all right as long it, you know, as you enjoy yeah. it that's all that matters <laughs> But now, do you play music at all? I don't. And yeah, that is so, you know, I just, I did play um, uh, one of those Balinese uh, uh, type music that's on the island of Bali. Okay. And and um, and I did that on the semester C program okay. because I needed one extra credit. Sure. That's the only instrument I've ever played. And um, I can't say whether I w- knew what I was doing or not, yeah. but I we gave a concert at the end and I was part of it. But so that was <laughs> but who it. Who knows? <laughs> like, I mean, because that's how kind of how I got into radio is my love of music and my complete lack of talent thereof, you know? So I have that same appreciation. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I would not be able to play a note. Right. Like, I, I, I'm always enamored by people that how they not only the technical side, but then they're creating things on top of that. Mm-hmm. And then they're, you know, and then they're refining that creativity, which is you know the stuff that blows me away when you see somebody like and you probably see this fairly often at at the Tuesdays at the Ridge where two people who maybe don't play together a lot start vibing off each uh, other and they lock in and it's uh, like how it, does it, that happen yeah it's like a synergy and yeah. and again back to my friend Todd who lives in Thailand when he comes in he is the master of extracting creativity and merging people together oh yeah and i've seen time and time again it's just astounding you're sitting there, and I'm like, this is happening right in front of me. Yeah. And people are just like, you know, and we recorded and and actually refined the editing of uh, two or three shows only ever, mm-hmm. but that gives you a good taste of... Um, so somebody could see that if they're on your mailing list or yeah, whatever? Yeah, we have it on, it's on Vimeo somewhere, but right. not not publicly listed. Sure. But again, there, there's... If you know where they, to look. They do exist. <laughs> So you said you started Tuesdays on the Ridge by accident. How does that happen? Um, Tim Hopkins, who was part of Mighty Fine Wine, Mm -hmm. and was a guy that I met. uh, He came barreling around my backyard as a mail carrier. Okay. And he just looked up and he saw me and he's like, whoa. And uh, he goes, you're that guy. And I was dressed in Lycra going out on a bike ride. I I forgot my water bottle and I went back in to refill it. And I had my bike leaned up against by where the hose is. Mm-hmm. And he just goes, oh, my God, look at this bike. You're, you're that guy. You're that guy. And uh, so he's like so intense. Wow. And so flash the next scene, he's lifting my bike. He's picking up things. And, and then I would r- run into people. And then, I don't know, this band formed. And, and uh, uh, so I saw them several times. And mm-hmm. one thing led to another. And they said, hey, um, they needed band pictures. And they okay. were over, you know, getting photographed. And they had their instruments. And he's like, man the sound in here is really good. It's like, it, it was a Tuesday night. He goes, could we just come back here and play sometime? And now I said, in the studio. At your yeah. House. Yeah. And I said, knock yourself out. How about next Tuesday? 
And it was, you know, it was May of 2001. Wow. And, uh, and then it went on every week up until uh, maybe the most of the first year. Okay. But, you know, ironically, um, and tragically, it was the same day as uh, 9-11. Right. That was so a Tuesday. So by yeah. that night, people had songs written. I mean, it was just, that was intense. So people were there, 9-11, just re- raw emotions. showed up like, I, I just thought, do I cancel it? Yeah. And um, it was, that was intense, you know. But, but it just, there's so many different events have happened there and so many different talents and people and, and just, performances i i wish i had it all documented you know but part of the beauty of it it just all happens it wasn't planned in any way we never said okay we're gonna do this and we're gonna have this performance and just been incredible and and it's a kind of was a place that people could express do their own things and they could experiment Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter if you fail or, or you know it's all about just being there and doing it and I and I think it's uh, again that kind of goes back to your whole being open to things kind of vibe that you have going on, uh, and giving somebody, especially musicians, uh, poets, things like that, a, a place where they could not be afraid to try something new and fail, have it not be something where he's paying so somebody's pissed off at him or any of that. I think that helps out a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, just it, it, it. I've been overwhelmed by how incredible. Yeah. And then the my garage also is a is a kind of a big space, and I've mm-hmm. sort of. Oh, it's Made, not littered with bikes? How many uh, bikes do you have? Uh, I never, I don't know. Let's Count see. them out. Uh, <laughs> it was like four or five in ah, there. Yeah, but my brother does own a bike shop, so it mm-hmm. helps. But we had one when we were in in, in uh, high school. Yeah. We started a bike shop in my parents' basement. Oh, so okay. that's how that got going. Very nice. Um, and that paid for all of our, you know, bikes that we had. Yeah. So you fell in love with biking. How? Why? What age? Literally riding around the block from yeah. my house. Like there was rob place two b's mm-hmm. and uh kingsbury road and it just kind of i just would do laps yeah. repeatedly and my brother would was you know would kind of watch me take apart the bikes and mm-hmm. you know lose the ball bearings and the grease <laughs> and everything and then he started working on stuff and he had a raleigh chopper yeah and then um he got really good at working on all the bikes and you know all the different things well mm-hmm. here we are all these years later, and he has a bike shop in Santa Barbara that's 23, four years in business. That's amazing. And that's after all of his accomplishments. Right. And um, he's he still has the place a mess like his like the basement was. I've never <laughs> seen, when you get into the back room, I've never seen a neat bike shop in my life. Right. I worked at a shop. Uh, I've, it was not neat in the back. Uh, I've been into a million shops. It was not neat in the back. Well, ever. as he would say, they're not making any money because they're not busy. They're too, right. They're not, <laughs> if it's too clean, you're too, you're too slow. You got time to clean up? Come on. But like, so, it, and then it just kind of snowballed. Like, did you even know what bike racing was? Had you seen um, the Tour de France? Or uh, well, that? yeah. Well, that was the kind of at the early stages of, um, you know, we'd get the magazines from France and yeah. we just would covet them when they came in and we would look at them like, oh my God, here's these guys like Eddie Merckx and all these, like, they were just, everything was so abstract yeah. because there was no internet, no anything. There was no way other than that magazine to see them. Yep. So, uh, and then... Uh, we started racing, and then we, once we started traveling around the country, we ran into people like Greg LeMond mm-hmm. and Andy Hampston and um, all these characters and yeah. all, all the different people like that movie Breaking Away yeah. was filmed early on then, and a lot of the characters that were in that were involved in the sport, mm-hmm. and uh, it just ended up, in, and then all of that morphed into the Seven Eleven teams, yep. Motorola and and uh, uh, Eric Hyden had come out of the you know five gold medals in the 80 Olympics, and then he was he got into cycling yep. and everything morphed into this big thing into the late eighties when they had the big, 
believe it or not, the Tour de Trump of yes. all places. And then the Tour DuPont that became. The Tour de Trump uh, went through Strasbourg. Yes. That one year. Yeah, yeah. Finished in Mount, or came through Mount Pocono. Yeah, yeah, Mount yes. Pocono. There you and, go. And I know it came up through that way. I think it finished in Stroudsburg. Did it finish yes. in the Berg? Yeah, because I think okay. Davis Finney maybe won that okay. one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because actually the first time I, uh, um, and the only time I actually met Lance Armstrong was at the Tour DuPont. Uh, not when he, like, not when he was winning it. That would have been 94-ish. Actually, actually, before he won the world championship. Yeah, okay, so. So, 92. Yes, way back. Yeah, because Yelly Nidum actually won the Tour de Dupont that year. Yes, But Mike Straub and I go down to Hershey. Yep. And uh, we had known who Lance was, but he wasn't a star yet. Right. We were all excited. Right. So, after the race, we run over to the team car. And uh, we're just chatting him up real, and he was real cool about it. But yeah. you could tell he was also dying to get back to the team bus. <laughs> right, right. Well, again, cycling is hard, re- yeah. you know, regardless. Um, and again, that's a whole nother subject. But the, just the, um, you know, a lot of these sports, uh, whenever there's money involved, there's going to be, you know, there's pressures people, now. There's, people are going to be, there's corporate sponsors, there's, there's, drug companies believe yep. it or not oh yeah and so all of that's going on in the background that no one ever hears about mm-hmm. and so it's that's a whole nother subject. it's a tough it's a tough life <laughs> uh, you know what i mean as much as i if i had the talent i i, I don't know if i would even want to do it because it's just such a touch tough life yeah it, it is uh but it is it has been interesting to witness some of the training over the years the different people and yeah. uh, you know get your butt kicked by land like uh well you've like read Lance. uh yeah i rode with him but that was all just boring six hour rides and and boring. you know i'm i'm holding on to the you know the follow car right you know, just to the, get up the hill yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. absolutely I've been in um, rides like that just here in Northeast PA where, you know, um, I did a, uh, the Tour de Scranton the one year we did the 65 mile ride. So yep. you start downtown, go up around Elk yeah, Mountain. Yeah, beautiful ride. Yep. Great ride. Yep. It was the one spring a couple years ago where it was like 90 degrees Ooh, for like yeah. three days in a row. Yeah, it's either so, going to be rain and cold or right. 90. So here it is, 91 degrees, 90 degrees, and we're riding up uh, out of uh, Clifford. Is it Clifford and Finch Hill up that way? Yep, yep. And I'm dying. Brutal hill. Uh, yeah. It's a brutal hill yeah. on the best of days. <laughs> Having 60 miles in before you ride a 65 mile ride on a hot day, it's ooh, just bad. Yeah. And I'm bonking. And I'm like, I got my friend Jimmy who's pushing me up the hill. <laughs> and we crest to the top. And there's a guy on the side of the road with an ambulance taking care of somebody else who had obviously oh been dehydrated. Boy. Oh boy. And the guy who's taking care of him looks at me and goes, You got to get off your bike. I'm like, no, nah, dude, I'm always red because I really yeah. do get red a lot. Yeah. Yep. He's like, I'm a doctor. I really think you ought to get off your bike. So I'm thinking, maybe I should get off the bike. I take a step off the bike. Man down. The, boom, I'm down. I don't remember anything until I'm at Lakeland High School with my bike, and they're going, are you okay? So I bit it hard, man. I know how it is. Yep. But that, I still had a blast. I, was still, I, I didn't even get to finish that tour, unfortunately, but it's still one of my favorite stories yeah, well, just because yep. it's so much fun. Yeah, well, that's the four corners of life right yes. there, right? You yeah. could be born, baptized in the church. Uh, there's the bar, there's the bar and there's the, the poorhouse, and there's the cemetery where you end up. Yeah. <laughs> and again, just showcasing some of the great, weird stuff that we have in northeast pa when you're going for a bike ride that yeah you never thought you'd see you know that's true yeah um so many cool stories like that but so when you when you go riding now most of the time do you have something in mind um or do you just kind of wing it well i kind of wing it but i mean there's i'm not training for anything so i'm just more about lifestyles and just enjoying the day and you know enjoy the ride um and i really haven't you know, I think five years ago was the last time I went on that event called the Lulu Laka Waiko Hundo. Okay. So it has little parts of each county. Right. It's a hundred mile ride. It's one of the most beautiful rides I've ever done. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of dirt and I did it on my regular road bike. But I mean, it was uh, the same year that I 
you know, did one of my two attempts at the steam, not the Steamtown, uh, the uh, Scranton Half Marathon. Okay. Which was a blast to be in the very first one of that. It yeah. was like, you know, I've been in a lot of sporting events, which is kind of cool to be in your hometown events where people sure. are all excited about and it. And they see it coming. They're like, well, ah, well, well I think it was um, that event was cool because everyone seemed to know somebody, you know, they had 10 friends that knew they were running. So, right. you know, multiply all the runners times 10 people and there was all these people in Greenridge corners and Mm -hmm. it was absolutely hysterical but not to be a wise guy but the night before I was thinking what do you wear because I'm not a racer so I'm thinking well you know I'm looking at the pictures I'm like I don't have any of this clothing (laughs) so I picked out one of my um, dress up suits like from weddings and I said you know I'm going to retire this one I said this is my running suit so I show up and people are like, oh, you're here to photograph the event? Why are you all dressed up? And I said, no, I'm running. They're like, in that? You're going to run in the suit? Yeah. And so my friend who's a, you know, an accomplished runner, he says, well, all these events always have one guy doing something weird. You were that guy. Okay. <laughs> so, did you finish? I did. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, it was cool. I, I learned a lot that time. But and then the next year I knew how to pace myself a little differently. Yeah. And, um, but it it was just cool to do it. It's such a great event. But all of those are really just you with yourself. Right. I mean, you know, you're with all those people, but, you know, you can't just go wing it. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, there is a little bit of a science involved. And yeah. so I just watched my heart rate and just kind of followed that and stayed right below the red line and yeah. kept on going. Heart rate monitors are a wonderful thing. They do man. work. They, they are a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful piece of technology. What's, uh, what's the next part of uh, life? I mean, I, and I'm not pushing to do this. Is retirement on the horizon at any point? Not at all. No. You don't need I mean, the money. You can no, call it a day. No, there's no retirement. I mean, I almost retired uh, a couple of years ago when yeah. I when I went down uh, 43 miles into a 50 mile ride. I dropped dead. Uh, do, you know the, do you know this story? I do not. Okay, so that that really happened. So, so my, you dropped dead. Dropped dead. So ventricular fibrillation. Um, uh, heart did not beat for 21 minutes. So that's a long time. Well, more than ten, you're you know, usually it's curtain. Yeah. So goodbye. In any case, big miracles. Uh, two of my friends did CPR right away. I right. was unconscious for a couple of days, and then ultimately lost about eight and a half days of memory. Yeah. But it's a miracle on every. You know, I feel it's amazing. It's it, it still every day seems surreal now. Yeah. So it's been, um, you know, like you hear of things where people, you know. They they just they had a heart attack. They were at home. If you're alone and that happens, that's it. Say goodbye. You know? Yeah. So I got luckier than lucky, and even you know who knows why it happened. Any lasting effects of that? Um, not at all. In that's fact, awesome. uh, the the doctors were just smirking and shaking their head. They're like, "You have this is beyond." They're like, "You have zero heart damage." Yeah. Um, you can resume it. You can train like you're training for the Olympics, which I'm not going to. <laughs> and then, um, they said, just keep doing everything normal. Wow. And you know, it's so, it's like that freak occurrence, you know, that, that you can have. And it's, it's, it's funny. They call it heart disease, but it's really more artery disease. Yeah. Yeah. It's usually the arteries <laughs> that think of the heart stop. Right. But like, uh, did you, is there family history of any of this crap? Not, not necessarily. Yeah. I just think, you know, anything could happen to anybody at right. any time. And so it's just. Uh, you know, it happened and it's a, like an eye opener and yeah. just, I just really pay a lot more close attention to, you know, not having bad food. Uh, it wasn't really I that bad to food. begin with, but yeah, it's just, it just, some people can tolerate it. Some oh people, no, I knows? can't tolerate it. I just love it. You know, 
Look, the pandemic started. I put 28 pounds on since last uh, March, buddy. I'm trying to work okay. my ass off to well, lose some of that. All right. You well, know? now you got the, there's your, you know, there's the, new the next thing. Yeah. But uh, it's just amazing. I, I had never heard that story. And uh, it's scary well, to think about that you just don't um, know. Well, yeah. And if it does happen to you, I can assure you, you don't feel a thing. Yeah. <laughs> You're lucky they didn't hit you with the panels, right? I mean, no, well, yes, that's oh. what happened. So, so the the firemen showed up, and then they 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 took over in the sure. CPR about seven or eight minutes in. Right. And when they went to hit their defibrillator, it was broken. No. Ooh. Yeah. So that was a moment. So Jesus. Then the other EMTs were a couple minutes out when right. they arrived. They you know they radioed to them on that little so, shoulder hey, piece. They're like, bring <laughs> Better bring the defibrillator. Yeah, charge so it. They were going. running. This is all told to me, of course. And sure. They're running with this, and then you know, minute after minute, they're clicking by. Yeah. And I met the firemen and everybody, and they just told me the story. The guy goes, "Well, this is the save of my life." Yeah. And I'm like, "What?" You know. And they had this big event in Santa Barbara nearby there that they kind of mm. honored all the EMT people, and just unbelievable like what or how at all there's so many people that are part of the puzzle you never think about it the people that take the 911 call there's the you know there has to be people in motion because without mm -hmm. that electronic shock yeah that's you, it you, that's it right. and, and i only brought it up because we were saying that you didn't feel any of that uh my younger brother uh who's a heart transplant recipient at 46 oh, wow. wow yeah he had heart disease uh cardioid sarcosis they call okay. it and it just attacked his heart when he was late 30s and they're like we're gonna try to get you to 50 he had that dick cheney machine okay and then okay. that stopped working Whoa. so he actually had to get a transplant but while he was waiting for the transplant in the hospital he coded twice oh. and they popped him and he's like he goes i don't remember coding he goes but i sure as hell remember waking up <laughs> He's like, it burned. I'm like, right. okay, good well, to know. Yeah, I didn't have that. Good I mean, you. I, you know, it's just just so lucky yeah. in every respect. But And it's amazing what they can do nowadays. It is. Mm -hmm. It is. I mean, uh, yeah. There's, so there's, you're not afraid of anything now? No, I mean, it. It. you know, there's some things that have happened to me in the last, since then, yeah. that, you know, I should have been like full-blown adrenaline. Yeah, and and it's like, almost like my adrenal gland doesn't work. <laughs> it's going to take a lot more now. <laughs> You're like Mr. It's Chill. It's like, oh, man, I got a wedding tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, it, it's just you never know what's yeah. going to happen anytime. And so to answer your original question, like retirement and stuff like that. It's I was just, just saying, I don't even remember. Yeah, it's not even, it, it's just keep living life and, mm -hmm. you know, uh, keep making, reinvent yourself, keep doing new things, keep uh uh, just keep if you're if you create things keep creating keep producing and and that's that's it that's all you can do I'm and just you. you know just make uh you know get into the things you're into and if you can help people in any way you know help them and and that's it i i, just, I fear retirement uh from the standpoint of i don't know what the hell i'll do yeah there's not there's <laughs> what am i gonna do you know the people that we know in in santa barbara that you know stopped working in yeah. their 50s they're bored to death yeah and it's sort of uh they're looking around like, well, now what? You can only go on so many bike rides for so many, you know, you can only ride for so many hours a day. Right. I love riding. Like I said, I like to play golf, but even after a couple hours, I'd be like, I need to go do something. And and I think part of it too, uh, if you have a job you love, it's not even really working a yeah, lot of ways. No, it's my, my brother says, I can't believe I get to play with bikes every yeah. single day. Are you kidding you know? And, and so it's, yeah, just if you, if you're fortunate to do what you love, I mean, just keep doing it. Yeah. You know, there's no. There's no re no such thing as retirement, really. That's, I love it. I think that's outdated in the sense that it, when companies had that and they had to phase you out. Yeah. I just don't know. I, I think 
there's always something to do. Now, I'm going to get phased out. Don't get me wrong. At some point, they're going to either phase me out or just fire my ass. Uh, and then I'll have to figure out what I'm going to do next. So. Well, you know, the, the fortunate thing is you can do, there's so many unbelievable things you can do with yeah. all the stuff you know about. Uh, so. I don't know if I know anything. <laughs> I sit here and I talk to you and I'm thinking, I don't know shit. Rob Latiri has lived a life. I have lived uh, no, everybody's living a shell. It. No, of a life. not at all. That is not true. <laughs> and, and, yeah, I mean, think of all the stuff you see on a regular basis every day on all mm. those shows. It's hysterical. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's, just... it's crazy. Uh, I, I do appreciate you coming out and uh, taking some so time. Much. I love that you rode your bike up eight blocks. <laughs> right. Uphill slightly. But look, here's the deal. I totally get that. You know what I mean? Like, I, if I could ride my bike everywhere, and, and I try to as much as I can. I ride to work a lot and all that, you know. Yep. Uh, if my wife would let me ride it to go visit her family instead of riding with her, I would do it. In a heartbeat. Uh, well, I, love I, it. I will say one closing thing about e-bikes. Yeah. There's so many misconceptions, and then when They're people awesome. and when people hear the price, which can be anywhere from fifteen hundred to six thousand, yeah. they say, "Well, that's a lot of money." Not when not you compare it. Not when you compare it, though. You'll actually save money, but and you're getting exercise. Right. And so, people think, "Oh, it's an e-bike. You're not working." That's not a, not true. No, I I can go on a three hour ride, and my heart rate can average one hundred and fifty. That's plenty of exercise. Yeah, you know? I, and I've seen the studies that say. Anybody who uses them gets that kind of exercise. No, you, the, the thing is, past a point, I'm only saying this having been a former racer, yeah. now just as a rider, like it is very hilly around here, but yeah. now I don't even hesitate. I just go. Mm -hmm. So I ride virtually every day. That's awesome. And before, I did not do that. Right. And so now it's like, hey, I'm going, and what's go out for an hour, two yeah. hours, whatever. And you just, or you just go to a place like, I keep pointing to like Nayog and the Gorge and stuff it's like awesome that. It's awesome but it's so cool. Yeah. It's a natural feature. And it's like five minutes. You could be in Petersburg Corners and then boom, bring a coffee over, mm -hmm. sit there. And you're just like, this is. To me, good. there's what? one of the great pleasures in life is riding somewhere, uh, sitting outside and having a quick bite, a coffee, a beer, ice cream, whatever, with me and the idiots I rode with and yeah. then riding away. Right. Well, that's it. the whole culture in Santa Barbara. Yeah. It's all about the where, what coffee shop are you going to? <laughs> that's that's the life, man. <laughs> If I could, I, you know, and you're talking about, you know, living here, work from anywhere kind of thing. If I yep. can get my company to let me live in Santa Barbara, right? then I'd have to get up so much earlier. But still. But, but I think you could you could have Hetzko Enterprises. You could be mobile. Yeah, right? I could. Why not? Why can't I? Get the Sprinter van and be out yeah, there. Yeah, why the not? Road. I love it. Yep. Dude, thank you so much All for right. coming over thank here. Thank you so much for having me. me. I appreciate it. Cheers. Now, is there somebody I should be talking to for season two of Nepotism? You're sitting there going, man, I wish Prospector would talk to so-and-so. They got to live and work here in Northeast PA, and they got to be interesting. And I got to know who they are. So if you have a suggestion, hit me up, prospector at rock107.com. Or uh, hit the Nepotism podcast up on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. They're there, and you can tell me who I should be chatting with. Next time on Nepotism, I am psyched to talk to Tony Cook, the founder of I Am Cook Bicycles. He makes some cool bikes, BMX stuff, and uh, dirt jumpers and things like that in Cunningham, PA. And he's a passionate dude. And uh, his wife chimes in as well. It's an awesome time. Check it out. That episode drops July 2nd. 